You're listening to episode 47 of the STEM Space. Do you think you're a creative person? I just finished going through a semester project where I was trying to enhance my creativity with a project that ended up being pretty epic. Listen in and find out how I taught my students how to read a map. Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Natasha. From college roommates to co-founders of Vivify STEM, pull up a seat as we discuss our experiences as aerospace engineers, teachers, moms, program directors, curriculum writers, graduate students, and friends. This is the STEM Space Podcast. Hey, Natasha. Hey, Claire. How are you doing? I just feel numb from this <laughs> semester like relieved that it's over and that I survived this just really intense um, last few months of just everything, but it's over and the break is here almost. So yeah, how are you doing? Woohoo! About the same. And I think all of our listeners who are teachers are probably in the same boat of just, yeah, numbness. That's a good, good word. (laughs) It's not that I'm, I mean, I'm exhausted, but more of a I don't think I can process any more information is the the thing. Yeah. But it's good. And I think it was a really good semester on my end, at least. Do you feel like you gave it your all and are satisfied with how it went? Yes. I feel very proud to have survived the semester. And actually, I learned a lot. I did a lot of really cool stuff, both with Space Club and in grad school. I'm graduating with my master's in a couple days. really excited that actually happened and I pulled it off and yeah but I do want to hear more about what you've been working on this semester so what's been going on with you yeah so I'm so proud of you for finishing your master's and I look forward to doing that someday I am now a third of the way through mine you got this (laughs) it's a marathon Yeah, that's what I'm realizing. But my semester is actually pretty easy. I only took one course since I was, you know, in the middle of teaching and it's been a lot this semester because I took on a couple more classes and we have more students this year. So I knew that I wanted to make sure that I wasn't overwhelmed where I couldn't give my all to my students first. But it's been really amazing. I took a class on creativity, particularly creative theory. And so I learned lots of different methods on how we can enhance our creativity, both in a personal way, like with our own lifestyle, as well as tools that we've been sharing some on Instagram, tools that I can use with my students that I have been, they're my guinea pigs, on helping them to think through things and be more creative, which apparently is not a skill that... I guess, let me back up. Originally, I thought that creativity is something that you are either born with or you are not. There are creative people and there are not creative people. Right. And to some extent, that's true. I always think about Disney movies and you always see that there's a trend between all the princesses. And I always growing up was like, I can't be a Disney princess because I have both my parents. Oh, right. (laughs) There's like a like a thing. It's a thing. You have to have I not know where that was going. <laughs> but it's also true in a lot of stories. And I read this book that we'll share in the show notes called Creativity that goes through case studies of creative people throughout history, like the guy that invented the polio vaccine and different artists and writers. And they always had this hardship growing up that they had to overcome. And that made it so that they had to be more creative to overcome those obstacles. But there are other ways that you can also be creative other than having a really tragic childhood, thankfully. Yeah, Um, thankfully. Yeah. 
So it's been really interesting and I've learned a whole lot and I feel like I could talk about this forever, but there was one specific project that I had to do this semester that was really fun. And it was supposed to be, the assignment was, pick something to enhance your creativity, something that you've never done before. And throughout the semester, we're just going to report on it and how it's enhancing your creativity, how you're doing in it. So what'd you uh, pick? Yeah, I haven't talked to you about this at all. I know, I have no idea. So what do you think that I chose for creativity, to enhance my creativity? Well, I know you're already an artist, like you love to paint. So it couldn't have been something like that. Like it had to be totally different. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Writing a book. <laughs> you know, I've always wanted to do that. That's why you said that because I'm yeah. always trying to pressure us to write a book, right? <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Playing the piano? No, but that's a good guess. So you probably are the same way. I couldn't approach this project without coming up with more constraints. <laughs> right? We're engineers. So I need constraints, right? It's too open-ended. It's way too open-ended. And I wanted to make sure that it was actually going to enhance my creativity. So I couldn't do play the piano because I've already started learning. Mm -hmm. So that was not new. So I'm going to read you my constraints. So I had four. One, and this is not, this is not from my teacher. This is on my own because I wanted to make sure that it was going to be effective. Okay. So it had to push me outside my comfort zone. And stretch me in ways that I don't know that I'm lacking, oh. which, is, which is a hard one. Two, it must be creative in that it's not a step-by-step. So I felt like even if I, it was piano, like I feel like that was a little bit too rigid of, sure. okay, first you learn the notes, then you learn where to put your hands, you know, <laughs> like, right. And that there needs to be more activities to it, like more, way more open-ended to where if another person decided to do it, it would still look totally different. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out where you're going. Okay. What did you do? So number three, it must be something that I can do with my family, something I can do with my kids, Mm -hmm. because I didn't want it to detract from family time because I'm already doing way too much of that. And then four, it's something I can learn and then pass on to my students. So I want everything that I'm consuming to be something that I can then use to teach because isn't that the point of going to grad school for education? Right. So I didn't want to do anything where it'd be like, Oh, this is just for me. Um, Well, it kind of goes hand in hand, right? As you personally grow, you probably become a more effective teacher, but I like that philosophy. So I have no idea like what (laughs) I'm talking about. So it's not like a specific skill, like, you know, it's something more become, yeah. I don't know. I don't I know. know. Okay. So this is going to be like totally random and you're going to be like, what? Geocaching. Oh, that was what cool. I decided to do. Uh, I like that. So you familiar with geocaching? Mm-hmm. Have you gone? Yeah. Okay. So geocaching is like a treasure hunt and you download a free app on your phone called geocache or geocaching. And it has little GPS dots everywhere in your town and shows where little treasures are hidden and they give you a hint on where to find it. And you have to try to figure out what it looks like, where exactly is it, what's inside of it. And once you find it, you open it up and sometimes there's a treasure in there that you can take it and then you're supposed to leave something else. And there's also a log for you to find. So that was something I could do with my kids and they love it. And something that gets us outdoors and is active and something that I could teach my students. Now that was kind of a stretch because I didn't want it to just be like, hey, there's something fun we can do to take up class time, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where it's been really exciting this semester because over the last month with my fourth grade students, 
I have had to kind of go backwards and figure out, okay, how do I teach this thing that's a fun hobby, but in a way that meets standards? Because, you know, we're supposed to do that, right? (laughs) And think about the things that I already know how to do to make me successful at geocaching that probably they've never been exposed to. So one thing that we had to start with is how do GPSs work? Mm. And how do you read a map? So we have no idea. Yeah, they, I, we, I showed them a globe and I said, okay, longitude and latitude, raise your hand if you've heard that word before. And they're like, what? <laughs> so, so we had to do, you know, baby steps. Of I know, talking about these that. days, right? They don't have the map when you're on a road trip and you're like, what side, which direction? Like, <laughs> I, did you, I had the maps go. Did you ever have a maps go? I did maps go. What is that? Okay. It was like this, not like a phone book, but it was really thick book and I'd carry it in my trunk. And anytime I was lost, I would go get this big book and you flip through it and you find what city you're in. And then it has a coordinate system, a grid, and then it would tell you the streets. And like, it was like Google maps, but in book form. What? That's crazy. <laughs> you have to use coordinates to figure out how do I get from here to here? You know, I'm at this crossing. Right. It was, yeah. It was crazy. That sounds useful. It was, but kids these days, like, they're like, oh, well, you know, you just pull out your phone. Yeah. And you follow the blue dot. I'm like, but do you know how that works? Like, right. what if you have no signal? Like you're, you've no idea. So it was really entertaining. So I had them learn longitude and latitude. And then I put like a basic GPS coordinate app on tablets. And we walked around the school and figured out, okay, if I move this way, which thing, which number does it change? So are you moving in longitude or lat- latitude? Oh, I like that. And so they really understood where they were on the globe and how it was affected by which direction they were moving, which is a concept that I think we take for granted mm-hmm. as adults that have grown through not having a cell phone when we're little. Yeah. So we did that. And then we talked about compasses, which is fun because most of the kids, like it blew their mind to use a compass. They're like, well, if I want to go south, but the compass only po- points north, like <laughs> I'm like, so, so then you should know which way is south, but they like, like blew their mind. I was like, I, okay. <laughs> so, so, and then we made compasses. Have you ever made a compass? No. Before? How do you do that? Okay. So it's really cool how it works. And it actually makes me giddy because the science is just, it just works. And it's so simple. You can take any kind of magnet, like a refrigerator magnet, the stronger, the better. And you magnetize a paperclip by just rubbing it in one direction only for like a hundred times on the magnet. So just up and up and down, up and down, up and down. And then your paperclip is magnetized. So you put it on something that floats. I usually use a piece of foam in a bowl of water. And because you magnetize that paperclip, it's then a compass. It will automatically rotate until it points north and south, which is the craziest thing ever, like that that works, but it does. I should always have a magnet with me. If I'm ever stuck in an island, there should be water and I just have, well, you need a piece of metal. Yeah. So that's what we we talked about. But I was like, this is a survival thing. If you're ever out in the wilderness, find a small piece of metal. And we were talking about, okay, what floats? What could you use? And they're like, oh, a leaf. I was like, yeah. Great leaf in like a body of water that's not moving Mm -hmm. and you can figure out which way you're going. You could also look at the sun if it's during the daytime, but you know, (laughs) at night, at night. Yeah. And you don't have a light, so you can't see the, yeah. Anyway, it kind of breaks (laughs) down after. (laughs) 
<laughs> but we learned about how the Earth's magnetic field works and how conveniently when they figured that out, they had the North Pole and the South Pole are switched. You know that about that? No. So like, you know, there's polarity of a magnet. Right. So there's a North Pole and a South Pole to any magnet. Well, our planet is a big magnet and the South Pole of the magnet of our world is on the top. Oh, that's confusing. At, at what we call the North Pole is where the magnetic South Pole is, which is convenient because in our compasses, because opposites attract, the right. North Needle points north because that's where the South is. Got it. Okay. Well, I guess that, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting. I'm like, see, like science is cool. Isn't that weird that that all worked out? So anyway, after all that, then we did an engineering design challenge and my students had to figure out first what they were going to hide. They had to hide one treasure in their geocache. Then they had to do math to figure out how big their geocache needed to be to fit that thing inside of it. And then they had to construct it and be able to camouflage it based on where they wanted to hide it on our school grounds. Ooh, that's cool. So, it was really fun. And then we hid them and then their classmates all had to figure out how to find them based on hints or GPS coordinates or cardinal directions from a landmark. Hmm. So they had to apply their knowledge that we had been learning about the science. It was so much fun. And I think they learned a lot. I learned a lot because when you teach a concept, you learn more, right? Yeah. So it was great. And I learned about my own creativity and being able to go backwards on a concept and figure out the basics to teach. So it was, it was a great semester. I love that. And I, I love how you took science and added it in. And I was trying to figure out where you were going to add engineering design. And I think that's perfect. And having that camouflage element, and I'm assuming it had to withstand the elements of being outside. That's right. Yes. So it couldn't degrade rapidly. So if you made it out of cardboard, probably not going to work. Every aspect of STEM was in there. And if so. there's any wild animals, it can't be like attracting, like it can't be edible, right? Because then you'll attract Ooh, animals. True. Yes, that's mm -hmm. exactly right. Yeah. And one thing that was kind of neat about it that I didn't expect is afterwards, a lot of the kids came back because I had to put logs in their geocache so that when students found it, they'd write their name. And several of the students came back and were like, nobody signed my logs and nobody found my geocache. I said, well, did you hide it in a really difficult spot? They're like, yeah. I was like, was it fun that nobody then found it? No. I was like, so what did you learn from this? Like, was this a success or a failure? Because you thought it would be a success if you hit it really well. But it was more of a failure because it's more fun for people to get to see your ideas come to life. So it was kind of a really good way to tie a bow on the lesson mm -hmm. about how when we make things, it's for others. Ooh, and you need yeah. to keep that in mind. Right. Yeah, because they were probably thinking if it was challenging, it would be like a treasure hunt and they would have fun finding it. But if it's like so hard, <laughs> yeah. people just give up, then that's no fun. Right. And you didn't really need to camouflage it if you hit it under leaves up in a tree where nobody could reach it. Oh, so. Well, <laughs> they tried. <laughs> yeah, but it was really fun. And I'm glad that my professor allowed us such an open-ended way to learn about our own creativity. That's cool. And what do you think, because you said it was supposed to teach you kind of new ways to be creative and like new skills. So you heard, I heard from your students, but what about you personally? Like, how did it kind of push you creatively? Oh, professor, I had to write a <laughs> paper on this. <laughs> that was kind of hard because I feel like I was justifying myself in things because I was 
like, well, I kind of already knew how to make lessons because that's kind of what we do, right? We write curriculum. But I had never done something where I wasn't already trying to write the lesson when I was doing it. So I was doing geocaching just to learn about geocaching and doing it with my family. And it was fun. And then figuring out, okay, what parts of this are applicable to like life that students need to know. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of like a backwards, backwards way of looking at how to build mm -hmm. a lesson. So that, that stretched me and it's made me think more about everything that I do. How can I use it and what things were taught to me that I probably didn't realize that I learned that I need to make sure my students are also learning because I feel like a lot of times nowadays technology has taken place of a lot of life experiences that we had as kids that we don't even realize and I don't want my students or my own children to miss out on those those basic life skills like understanding a compass right because you have a GPS on your phone yeah and the the idea of a map you know, you can see where you are on your phone, but especially for this younger students, you know, pre-K elementary, it's such an abstract idea that that blue dot is me. And then that map is in a city that is in a state that is in a country that is on a globe. Like they do not make that connection. <laughs> and it takes like what you did, which was like, here is the world. And this is where we are. And that what you're looking on your phone like that's a leap that they're going to really struggle with. And so I think if you don't explicitly teach it and give them that physical experience where they're walking around and the blue dot is moving and I love that. So I think that's a really great takeaway and that technology is awesome, but we just have to think about what's appropriate for our students and are they actually getting it, getting like the bigger picture. That's exactly right. And I would challenge anybody who's listening to do this simple thing that I did with my students to start out with is I went on Google Maps and I took a screenshot of the top of our school, like with some of the neighborhood around it. And I just showed it up on my screen and said, what is this? And nobody got it. So many students were like, is that your house? Is that like, the, what? The, <laughs> you know, saying things like, no, like, do you recognize anything in this picture? And they're like, is that a playground? I'm like, yes. <laughs> do you look familiar? <laughs> look familiar. <laughs> so yeah, you're right. They have no, it's so abstract to them. So you really have to start with the basics, like any lesson of what do they know? So I can figure out what I need to build upon. So and yeah. I, that reminds me of when I was doing driver's ed and I was driving and the instructor was like, what street did we just pass? idea and that's with kids like they don't know what street i mean they might know where they live like the street they live on but they don't pay attention to landmarks on streets around their school and so that is great i love that you did that because now they're going to be aware and realize oh i never even noticed what like this would look like you do need to be careful with the age level and like their ability to connect mm -hmm. like the spatial understanding bird's eye view versus like you know where what you can see I, I want to say it's like, I learned this in one of my how people learn classes. <laughs> it's like first, second grade where they can start understanding perspectives and be able to switch between perspectives. So just making sure that's like a leap they can actually do. That's a really good point. And that's another aspect of geocaching that I really like is because it gets you familiar with places in your community that you probably would have never gone to. And so they're more aware of just life 
going around. And so many of my students actually went geocaching because I sent a letter home to parents saying, hey, this is what we're doing. If you want to get involved with your family, this would be a fun activity to do. Here's how you get the app and whatnot. And I had a student that actually came in one day and he goes, I went geocaching and I found three of them. And I was like, that's amazing. I was oh, like, did cool. you find anything in them? And he goes, yeah, I found one that had this like paper in it with seeds in it. And I said, really? Because I put that in there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> found yours. Yeah. And they were all so excited. And they're like, oh, we want to find all the things that you've put in there. And they said, well, why did you choose that? Because that was another conversation of what, what are you going to put in a geocache? Yeah. I wanted to put something in there that I was just thinking one of the creativity tools is to put yourself in another person's shoes when you're thinking of a problem. And so I was like, okay, my problem is I don't know what to put in a geocache. I'm going to put myself in the position of like a post apocalyptic somebody who finds something is like, Oh, this is precious. And what would that be? It's like, it can't be like food yeah, unless it's a Twinkie. Cause those last forever. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> So I was a like, tool? what would be, imp- what would be precious? A tool. That's a good idea. So but I thought seed paper, because what if the like, greenery is, is precious? What if growing life that produces more oxygen? You know, this, this is kind yeah. of like a deep brain exercise. So that's what made me choose seed paper because it was small enough to fit in most geocaches. So I wrote a little note on like how it works and put them in all the geocaches that I found. So it was really cool to be able to talk that through with my students. Yeah. So there's just so many aspects of this project that were surprising to me on how much you can get out of it. Very cool. Well, if any of our listeners end up doing this with their students, please tag us on social media. And I'd love to hear the things that your students picked to put and what maybe their reactions were to your map suggestion of looking at a map of their school. Could they figure out where they were? Yes, absolutely. We'll look forward to hearing if anybody tries this out on their own. Well, thank you, Claire, for sharing that. I think this is a really great activity that teachers can easily try out next semester. So I look forward to hearing what else creativity classes teach you. And we will talk to you guys again next time. Absolutely. Bye. Bye.